0: Welcome to the Life Cycle Lady Podcast, the place to be to talk about all that we wonder, whisper, and wish we knew about our bodies, hormones, and life cycle changes. I'm your host, Julie Hughes. Please join me as I take the stigma out, stop the whisper, and speak out loud. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Or if you're new here, welcome. Uh, So today I'm going to be talking to you actually about tips for helping tweens or teens feeling more peaceful during times of stress. We're really helping them find that kind of that still quiet place, right? So we all know, as I record this, uh, that there's a lot going on in our world. I think we're probably going to remember, I know we're going to remember this time for our whole lives and so will our teens and even our, our toddlers and kiddos. and so. I have uh, four kids and I have one of them is a tween and one of them is a teen. And you know they're actually struggling a lot more right now than my younger kids are. And I'm going to talk about the reason why that might be just based on what I know about this age group. Um and I'm going to talk a lot about their nervous systems and I'm going to offer some tools for you to help them reclaim some of that calm. Which is really going to help not only them, but it's going to help the whole family dynamic of being home all the time, right? So you're probably starting to find some sort of rhythm by now. We've all been kind of quarantined for... or at home for several weeks now, so hopefully you're finding some rhythm. In my own life, rhythm keeps changing (laughs) Um, as, you know, new things are added. School started today for the first time, at least online school. I had been doing school, Um, but my husband had to get another job and, you know, just all of the things, right? Things are just constantly changing right now, so hopefully you're finding some rhythm. We definitely are finding some rhythm and then shifting it again and being very flexible, so there's lots of resiliency, Talk in our house right now. <laughs> but most of the kids being out of a rhythm is going to affect them more than you're probably realizing. Um because their their joys, their touchstones, their safety things, safety points, their pillars throughout their day, those aren't happening right now. And that can actually cause them to feel incredibly out of balance probably more so than adults, right? Kids, yes, they roll the punches really easy, but they also need that that rhythm in their life. And, a, you know, there's a spectrum of kids out there. Some need it, just like my own kids. There's one that needs it so much that we started the homeschool rhythm from the get-go, from day one, right? And that's helping him so much. Um, so being out of their rhythm actually really, really affects their nervous system. For the older kids, the older teens, right, their their normalcy, their friends are taken away, really. And they don't often see the big picture, right? That's part of their brain development. They are very, very me-centric during this time of their lives. And that's very, very normal. It is very normal for teenagers to be me-centric. That is a normal part of their development. And so right now what's happening and not being able to hang out with their friends in the way that they're used to, it kind of feels like the end of the world to them. And it can really manifest as depression. It can manifest as just feeling out of sorts, snappy as could be. Just like really um, out of sorts, I guess is the best way of putting it. I'm definitely seeing this in my own house. We have, like I said, we established some rhythm pretty early on. And there is still, you know, for my oldest kiddo, there's definitely some depression starting to creep in. There's definitely feelings of, like, how long is this going to go on for? He's feeling the feels more than everyone else because friends and his way of life was more important, I would say, than, you know, my younger kids who are missing friends but also, like, are just mostly around their parents still all of the time, right? It's much bigger for the older kids, and they're, you know, probably engaging in media more than normal, and just kind of in this, this space of using their body less, using their minds less, and it's just feeling like the end of the world to them, and and I would say that that would be really normal, because they also, along with being me-centric, they're also in a place where they see they're they see the world more, right? Younger kids are very much still sheltered, whereas the older kids are very much a part of the world. So they're seeing what's going on in the world, whether or not they're even on the news or anything like that. They still know what's going on in the world. They still feel it more than the younger kids. And then they are experiencing it more. And they're not always able to make sense of it with their words, right? That language doesn't always come online right away. Again, there's a spectrum. Some kids have more of that emotional intelligent language than others, and they get it earlier than others. But for the vast majority of them, it'd be very common for them not to be that emotionally intelligent at in the eighteen ages, and so they don't—they're not able to articulate what they're feeling. And then, given the fact that they're so go, go, go that they're often not very in their bodies. They're often very disconnected from their bodies in this age range. Um, And so when they're starting to feel these feelings, they're not knowing what to do with it, right? They're they're having to be in their bodies more, but they're not able to vocalize what's going on inside to then seek out help. So some of what I'm gonna talk today is helping them get back in their bodies so at least they can feel it, even if they can't talk about it. And then I'm also going to give some tips for helping you have conversations with them about it. So all of us are feeling our nervous systems are very activated right now, right? Um, We are probably also more snappy. I'm more snappy than I normally am. Um, And I, I feel like I'm full of grief, right? There's some days where I am very, very sad or angry or all of the things, and then there's other days that I'm I'm really up and like a rock, right, for my kids. I personally think, and this might not fit your philosophy, but I personally think it's okay for my kids to see me in those spaces because then they can also see me tap into my tools and come out of those spaces. So I'm not shielding my kids from my emotions right now. I am very much letting them be a part of it and very much having dialogue around it and very much showing them how to get out of it. That still makes them feel safe. And I'm going to talk about why. So we have this thing called the social nervous system. You may or may not have heard all about the social nervous system. Um, You probably know that there is like the peripheral nervous system and the autonomic nervous system. And then within that autonomic nervous system, there is the parasympathetic and sympathetic responses, right? The flight or flight or the rest and digest. Right. So these are definitely being affected right now. Most of us are in that fight or flight mode quite often. You know, really, in general, you're probably in that quite often in life, whether you realize it or not, because the modern day life of the go, go, go all the time, achieve, 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 do, 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 kids here, kids there, must like fill our days, whether we realize that or not, that's actually really damaging to our nervous system, in particular, our parasympathetic, which just makes us go, go, go all the time. And it it releases that, that cortisol hormones all the time. And it gets us really, really imbalanced. It gets us really out of balance. It's the reason why there's so much disease, especially, you know, I work with women, um, and teens that are going through puberty, and it's a, a lot of the reason why these hormonal imbalances are happening, right? So that is a reality. There's this parasympathetic and sympathetic responses, and then most of us are in this flight or flight or stress response loop often. If you have not checked out my podcast on the stress cycle or on adrenal fatigue, these are things I would recommend that you go back and look at on ways to kind of get out of this, because what that is a thing. We have to complete the cycle and get out of these stress response systems. And so some of the things actually that I may tell you about today are ways to help your kids with that. You might not know that there's another part of the autonomic nervous system called, there's a few different words for it out there, but I'm gonna call it the social nervous system. Um, This is based on a theory from Stephen Porges. And he talks about the nervous system as an evolutionary process, right? So at one point when we evolved, we were involved with the um, peripheral nervous system. And then the autonomic nervous system came on on site. And we talked about or we learned that it was really centering around this vagus nerve, right? We've, ha- we've come to learn that there's more than one like branch of the vagus nerve. The ventral vagus nerve actually regulates our heart as well as regulates self-soothing, social interaction, facial expressions, bonding, safety, orientation, our orientation in the world, listening, asking for help, and just really communication in general. So this is the social nervous system. The social nervous system basically is our response to our environment and seeking our interaction or our sense of safety from our environment all around us as tweens and teens I mean as human beings in general, but especially tweens and teens who are really like turning their gaze out from their families and to their peers, this social nervous system is just crucial for them and their feelings of safety in the world um it doesn't I'm not dismissing the importance of parents and our roles in it but it really shifts this direction right and so that's why uh, my theory is that, it is very hard for these tweens and teens for lots of different reasons. And one of it is really because of the social nervous system and its um, need right now for development and input. So the social nervous system involves the facial expressions, the eye contact, the sounds of your speech. It comes online and is in us from the very beginning. It is Um, developed. It's around, I think it's around 12 or 18 inches from eyesight. It's basically the distance from the mother's eyes into the mother's breast, right? For breastfeeding. That's why babies like look up into mom's eyes. Even from birth, babies are able to see that distance, right? It is their connection, grounding, and sense of safety. It is facilitate social interaction really on all levels. So when we are faced with a threat, as humans, we respond first with our most recently evolved part of our nervous system, which is the social nervous system. So that enables us to basically look around and connect with people's faces, bodies, and eyes to help us assess if we are in danger or if others are in danger right and it also supports us in <coughs> excuse me in communicating and cooperating with each other to protect ourselves right is a very big part of our lives as human beings whether or not you're an introvert or an extrovert right i'm a very introverted person um it doesn't really matter that doesn't mean my social nervous system is like lacking in any way that doesn't have anything to do with that it is just A part of our nervous system that when it is activated, we look around for other people's eye contact to know that we have space in the world and also to know that we are safe, right? And so a lot of us right now, especially our kids, are not getting contact with their peers right now, right? We just recently in our house started doing Zoom calls. I'm sure you're probably doing that as well. Or whatever kind of call. That wasn't really part of our reality before. We never had done FaceTime or anything like that. We're, we're going to that because so that they can see each other's faces. You see each other's eyes, right? And afterwards, there is such a much more calm that I'm noticing um, in some of my kids, specifically the older ones, that makes us feel, just instantly shifts that, right? It instantly helps us feel safe and even returns to some sense of normal. So it's really important for us to see in each other's eyes, which is one of the reasons why when children are in a stress response system, when they are, okay. So here's an example: my oldest kiddo, today my teenager, um, had a we had a fight. There was a freak out. He had a freak out. He's been staying up way too late at night. Um, we had spring break last week, so he was out of a rhythm, and that was. I let him decide that, right? He's older kid. I let him kind of, right? He has to start to design his own life a little bit. So that happened. He's been staying up really late. He's been on media a lot. And he's now day, what, eight, nine of spring break. we now over. And he's feeling the, the repercussions. I know he's feeling the replic- repercussions of that. He and I had a fight because I set some boundaries for this now week that we have going forward. And in that moment, I wasn't actually fighting. I was just setting boundaries very clearly, very calmly. He was taking it in the way he was taking it. In that moment, what I needed to do, because I know he was feeling very unsafe, he's feeling very unsafe, he's feeling very out of sorts, he's feeling like a fish without water. So in that moment, I went to look In his eyes, right, is something so simple as looking in someone's eyes and it automatically calms that nervous system so that we can then switch to have a conversation. Does that make sense? Just looking in the eyes, being that 12 to 18 inches away from someone, touching them, right? This is not just the sensory system, it is also that social nervous system. It is calming the danger. it is calming and knowing that they are safe, that they are loved, and it is activating the communication response. right? So then we did, we did our communication. We still have more communication to do. We did what I felt like we could do at that time um, and still save in that safe space, right? So that is one of the suggestions I have now that you know, maybe this is probably the first you're hearing about the social nervous system. Um, engaging that social nervous system. Again, we're talking about facial expressions. So again, I'm telling you that I am showing my children my facial expressions. Is that making them feel unsafe? No, because then I am following it up with communication, right? Today, i um, out of the great goodness of someone's heart, one of my husband is a massage therapist. He's been out of work for weeks now. He has since gone and found another job that is not, of course, massage. Um, and a old client of his gifted him just randomly $500, which is a lot of money in my world. Um, and I was crying as I heard this news over the phone, and I, it was during lunchtime, as I was making lunch, and my my younger children were like, you know, they're looking at my face, I'm crying, their social nervous system is, oh, Mom, like, something is not okay, and then the communication is then, no, mommy is fine, this amazingly joyful thing happened, led to a conversation around tears are ways of expressing yourself, not just expressing sadness, right, So it helped their emotional intelligence. It helped them feel safe in the social nervous system. You see what I'm saying here, right? So again, social nervous system is that sight, that sound from the speech, that um, communication part of us, that what else am I forgetting? Um, Just helping them... Feel those kind of ways the touch again. It's a lot. It's a lot of the sensory engagement. Really, is what it boils down to. So, tips to help your kids, uh, your tweens and teens. Right, that's more of what I'm focusing on in this in this podcast. I encourage you. Is tip number one is to really know the stress response cycle. So when so go back to that stress uh, that other podcast. And help kid, to help them know when they're stuck in a stress loop. So when they're endlessly scrolling, when they're disconnecting and numbing out, when they're not coming out of their rooms and they used to come out of their rooms at certain times, when they're um, super, super snappy, when they're all these things, know when they're stuck in that stress cycle. Teach them about that. They totally can learn about that. And then talk to them about it. Talk to them about what's going on in the world. Do they have questions? This is a conversation every dinner. Is anybody, how's everybody doing today? How's everybody feeling today? Everybody feeling like they're up? Can we help you at all? Anybody have any questions about where we're at right now or how many days left or what's going on or any concerns? Have you seen anything, heard anything that you want to talk about? Right? We're talking to them about it. We don't always have the answers. But that's okay. Because we're moving through it as a unit. And that's providing them that sense of safety. Touch them daily. We can often, when we get in our own stress cycles, forget to give those hugs. Yesterday we were fortunate enough to go on a nice long hike. An eight, eight mile hike with our family. And my one of my kiddos was really struggling in the car to get her to go there. And when we got there, about 15 minutes into the hike, we stopped and gave each other a big, nice, long minute hug, right? That helps calm the nervous system more so, so, so much. So, so, so much. So just doing that on a daily conscious basis, like, you know, every time you see them in the morning, like, put think of some times a day. They're needing more hugs right now, and so are you. Right? That is a way, actually, to complete that stress cycle. Making sure they have eye contact with their friends. So whatever that looks like, in whatever way that can be for you, that you feel comfortable with, get that to happen. Keeping them in their bodies as much as possible. So, so many families, I work with families, right, with kids who are going through puberty, And so many moms tell me that there is like a constant go, go, go. And the the kids are always doing this dance class and that, this activity and this sport and that thing. And there's so much go, go, go. And really the kids' nervous systems are really affected by that lack of downtime, by that lack of balance in life. So now we're being forced into kind of maybe the opposite direction, right? Where there's so much downtime. And I've already been seeing people starting to fill it so much with all of these online classes and all of these things. Don't do not do that. Find some sort of balance and know that that might seem like there's some boredom going on. And then that, that is really, really normal. That it might make the kids feel extra angsty at the beginning because there was so much go, go, go that they don't know how to just be. It is the perfect time to let this be a slower time and to get them back into their bodies. Keeping them in their bodies through doing some sort of a movement class, whether that's online or just with you, that could be yoga, right? The girls I teach, I talk to them about yoga and being stretching. You don't have to call it yoga, just stretching with your kids for five or ten minutes a day and talking about where they feel different feelings in their bodies, right? That is really, really important right now. I will link in the comments. Actually, I have a great, a good friend who's doing, um, some mindful movement with tween girls actually right now. So I will, um, it's free, it's online. Um, maybe she's actually charging for it. It's not very much money. I will link that below. Um, just getting them in their bodies So talking to them about their bodies, talking to them where they're feeling in their bodies, talking to them about where stress is in their bodies. Um, You also, one of the things that I teach the kids in the puberty classes is this, this idea of a still quiet place. So helping your kiddo, your teen or your tween, find their still quiet place. This is a very simple activity to do. Um, it's just literally having them lay on their, this is what I do. I have them lay on their back. I ask them to, and guide them to, um, tighten every part of their body from their head all the way down slowly till they're, you're all tense from your head to your toe. So that's the first step. Getting tense from their head to their toe so you would guide them this would be part of your school right this is part of school now once they're in that place I want them I ask them how to notice how they're breathing and notice how they're feeling in their bodies what feelings are coming up and then I ask them to slowly release from their heads just one part at a time all the way to their toes or toes to heads And then I have them with their eyes closed, put their hands on their belly, and I have them notice the rise and fall of their stomachs as their breaths inhale and exhale. And I leave them in that space for a moment, and I ask them to notice what this feeling feels like, if there is still any stress or tension in the body and how their breath has shifted. And then I ask them as they inhale, before they exhale, to notice that there is a pause between the inhale and exhale and to really focus on their hand and notice that their hand just kind of hangs out at the top before they exhale. And I call this their still quiet place. And so whether you've taken my class before and are listening in or whether you are new to me and my work, teaching them how to find this place well, and they can do it no matter where they are, really. Once they know how to do it, they can do it in their daily lives. I mean, you as an adult can do it in your daily life. Right? Finding that still quiet place actually will help them regulate their nervous system and help them find calm. For some kids, it might take them a little longer. They get a little actually more antsy at the beginning. Like they want to burst out of their skin. And so I... I actually ask those kids to stay longer in that still quiet place to find that calm. There's more of a down regulation that needs to happen. And so talking to them about their still quiet place and allowing them to find that and inviting them to find that space whenever they're feeling stress, whenever they're feeling snappy at you, letting that be not a punishment but a space for them to enter into It's a really great thing to do right now. It's probably one of the best places they can find. Right? So the cool thing about right now is is yes, the kids are home and they're not engaging in school. But school can look differently. Right? You can, along with whatever else, other online thing. You can give them a five to ten minute daily lesson about being in their body, and you can do it with them. And then it's an excuse for you to be doing the same things, right? For you to down regulate, for you to connect with your body. Because when we are on online so much and we are on computers so much, oftentimes we lose connection with our body. We just become these thinking, unconscious minds, which is fine. But we need to tap back into our bodies to slow our nervous system and create more balance. And it is the perfect time right now to find those spaces when you have nothing else to do. There's no classes you're missing. There's nothing you're going. And maybe you find or maybe you start having those conversations that do all the things that you do that keep you so busy every night after school. Is that actually something that you value and want to return to? Right? You might say, heck yeah, we miss it so much. We miss our dance community. We miss our this or that, and that's fine. Maybe you can find other ways to you can take more pauses. I feel like if if there's any lesson from all of this, it is to sink more into those pauses, be more with each other, and find the value in that as much as the go. So hopefully this has helped you um, know what's normal right now know how your kids are probably feeling even if they can't say it and invite you to do more connecting with them in this way. I highly suggest that still quiet place several times a day, definitely before bed. I don't know about you, but my older kids are having a real hard time sleeping right now and probably some adults are there as well. So finding that still quiet place and really just focusing on it um, and letting them fall asleep much, much quicker this way. So hopefully you've enjoyed this. Let me know down in the comments below, give a like, follow me with more tips um, for this age group, and I will see you all next week.